And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. My first headline is the prayer list that I said I had last week regarding certain fighters that had competed recently and were injured. Paul Felder was on that list. He didn't leave Phoenix until Wednesday, February the 27th. That's 10 full days after the fight was over. And he didn't leave. He couldn't leave because of the damage that he took in that fight. The man lost money because there were other jobs that he was supposed to do for the UFC. He was supposed to call the card in Prague, but was not able to do that because he was still in Phoenix. This is a serious, serious game that these individuals play. And I definitely am praying for and will continue to be praying for everyone that's competing. Speaking of praying, I'm also praying for UFC Hall of Famer and St. Louis Metro native. Someone that has not one but two restraining orders placed against him recently. One by his estranged wife, who also filed for divorce. The other by his twin brother. Reportedly, Matt Hughes has been getting physical with his family, which prompted them to take these protective measures. On his UFC documentary, he alluded to an issue that he had before the train accident with women. He said he really wasn't pleasing God with his lifestyle, and he kind of put two and two together. Reportedly, that's what led to the most recent outburst of the missus. His brother's protective order? Well, that was really for his brother's 15-year-old son, Matt's nephew. That flare-up was regarding a tractor that both of the brothers owned. And the brother said that Matt doused it with some kind of chemical. He thought that he was going to vandalize it after the dust-up with the nephew. Oftentimes, brain injuries can lead to difficulty with controlling your anger. Not only does he have the issues from being hit by the train, but he also was hit repeatedly in the head as a fighter. Now, whether alleged or actual, this is not a good situation and I'm praying for all parties involved moving on to some lighter news look out the zone ESPN says that they are the home for combat sports not only do they have top ranked boxing including the newly signed Tyson Fury and the UFC in their fold now they've added the third largest North American MMA promotion that's right the PFL has taken its talents to the world leader. They'll follow the same format as they did last year, just on a different platform. Instead of Facebook Watch being the place where you took a look at the first portion of the card, that'll be streamed on ESPN Plus, with the final two hours on ESPN2 and ESPN Deportes, versus it being on NBCSN. It's a two-year deal, and it starts May 9th. PFL also inked a deal with 
TSN at that same time. If you don't know what TSN is, it is the ESPN equivalent for Canada. So salute to the PFL. They are on a come up. Now, when this was announced, it was done on Ariel Helwani's show with the president of the PFL and their biggest star, Kayla Harrison. Not one and the same, but both individuals are on the show. Harrison threw a little shade at the UFC while they were on the show, saying that there were no interim titles in the PFL. A lot of that has to do with the fact that there's not one, but two interim titles headlining UFC 236 in Atlanta in April. Harrison wasn't the only one who was putting down interim titles. After an open workout in LA with Demetrius Johnson, Eddie Alvarez, and Sage Northcutt, Alvarez had some choice words about all these standby titles. His thought was that the UFC was putting out those titles instead of paying fighters. Instead of paying them what they should be paying them, they're putting out all these titles. Uh, I don't know about that. Because it's proven in their contracts that when they fight for these interim titles, that they get paid more. Now, maybe Eddie was saying that overall, they should be getting paid more for each fight. So instead of giving them more for each fight that they have, they'll slap an interim title out there, boost your pay for that fight. And then after that, if you don't go on to fight for the title and you get stripped like so many people have, then you just go back to fighting for what you were fighting for before. If that's the case, I see it. Because when they do fight for the title, they get more. Tony Ferguson was upset the third time he was supposed to fight Habib because he didn't get his full pay when Habib, because of the, uh, or I should say this is the time with the infamous Terry Masu video, um, Habib didn't make weight for that fight. Tony did his job. He came in, he made weight, but he didn't get his full show purse. And he said that was going to be much larger than what he normally makes. Plus, they get more promotional money for these fights. Me personally, I'm not a fan of unnecessary interim titles. When it seems right, yeah, I, I, I feel it. For instance, when Dominic Cruz was out and Henning Barrow was the interim champion, made sense. Cruz was out for a little while. Having someone else in there to keep the division moving made a lot of sense. And he wound up becoming the champion. when you put out unnecessary titles it fuels attention hogs like Kobe Covington who crashed Kamaru Usman's open workout with that fake belt and a little bitty megaphone I don't know what he was doing unfortunately it seems like 2019 might be the year of interim titles especially if Holloway wins because Holloway is fighting for the interim lightweight belt against Dustin Poirier. If Holloway wins, it's just going to mess things up. I get it at middleweight why they did an interim title. Whitaker keeps getting injured. And it's much like the situation with um, Dominic Cruz where it's not like he's trying to get hurt, but it just keeps either getting hurt in camp, uh, having this issue now with a collapsed bowel, and an ulcer or I should say a hernia 
uh, having a staph infection and chicken pox before me just seems to stay out of the cage because of, of injuries and illnesses so a middleweight title there makes sense as a matter of fact he became the champion after becoming the middleweight uh, interim title holder but anyway at lightweight I understand their thinking because they do need to keep the division moving forward and Habib is on this self mandated uh, time off from the cage because he's going to sit out with uh, his brothers who also got suspended but they got suspended longer so he's sitting out with them okay we got to keep the division moving and if we strip the eagle yeah he'll probably fly the coop he won't fight anymore and financially they have to keep him with the title to make the most money off his efforts but Holloway fighting yeah for the title it just it doesn't make sense to me because if he wins that means they're going to have to do another interim title at featherweight that is unless they can talk less in the staying in lightweight closing out let's have a little one championship news a little more I should say the president of one Chatri Sitchidong posted online that Vitor Belfort the phenom has signed with one championship it's going to be interesting to see how he fares in one versus the likes of Ong La on Song or maybe even Henzo Gracie now in his interview with MMA Fighting Alvarez said that he was not familiar with one's anti-doping policies I honestly hope that there are good policies in place to fight against anti-doping especially with injecting Vitor Belfort in the mix pardon the pun not only has the phenom tested positive in the past but he was the poster child for TRT and when he got off of it not only did his performance decline but his physique did as well up next let's have some sweet science conversation in the old one too Hey, we're super happy to be talking to expert NBA analyst Chris Broussard, founder of the King Movement. Chris, what is the King Movement and what are some major events coming up soon? King Movement, King is an acronym that stands for Knowledge, Inspiration, and Nurture Through God. It essentially is a Christian men's movement, a national Christian men's movement. I want to invite all the men out to the King Summit, the fifth annual King National Summit. The theme this year is return to royalty because we as men need to return to being the royal priesthood that God has called us to be. And so I want to invite all men out there uh, to come check it out. Young men, older men, it's going to be a Friendship Baptist Church. We're going to have great, inspiring praise and worship. We're going to have enlightening workshops and breakout sessions. We're going to have... Uh, great prayer, great celebrity speakers and guests. Uh, and we're also going to have a three-on-three basketball tournament that anyone can play in. Please go register at kingmovement.com. That's kingmovement.com as soon as possible. It is March 28th through the 31st, 28th through the 31st. 
Hey, thank you, Chris. That is in Atlanta, Georgia. Man, look, if it's anything like the huddle, you will not want to miss this event. Go register right now, right now at kingmovement.com. You ready? Hey, yo, what up? It's Tori Deshaun, a.k.a. Booby, and you listening to MTMV Sports Scat. Time to go between the ropes and into the squared circle for the old one-two. Golden Boy and the Money Team Camps are set to fight each other again, this time in the legal arena. All this is due to a call-out via TMZ by Money Mayweather, who offered 200 k to the 17-0 Golden Boy promoted Ryan Garcia if he could beat 7-0 Rolando Romero on the line is a shot at super featherweight champ Tank Davis now I'm not sure if this is a real offer as much as a public call out to get negotiations started but Golden Boy did not take kindly to it and said this is not the way to offer a fight so they put a cease and desist order in place to stop Mayweather from possibly tampering with Ryan Garcia. Looks like Triple G is on his way to the zone and he may be around for the long haul. According to sources that Ring Magazine spoke to, the deal that's on the table is for three fights with an option for three more first fight netting 10 million or more. On top of that, Triple G would get broadcast dates for his own Triple G promotions, which he doesn't have any fighters signed to his promotion deal yet, but he'll have a place for them to fight, a pretty prominent place on the zone. Not only does he get all of that, but he also gets a piece of the zone pie. That's right, he gets some skin in the game, some points, a percentage of the company. That's something that produces loyalty and the desire for the highest achievements as the bottom line of the company impacts Triple G's bottom line because it impacts his earnings. Chris Eubank Jr. defeated James DeGale last week and Chunky announced after the fight that he was going to retire from the sport. DeGale leaves with a record of 25-3-1 and and has the distinction of being the IBF super middleweight champion not once but twice. Best in the likes of Lucian Butte, Andre Durrell, and Caleb Truax. Ironically, James hangs up the gloves 10 years to the date of his first pro fight. The televised lineup for this weekend on Friday, March 1st, coming from Hollywood, Florida, in the United States of America and televised by Telemundo. You got Derek Cuevas versus Ed Paradis as a 10-round welterweight bout on Saturday, March 2nd, from Brooklyn, New York, on Showtime. The number two junior middleweight in the world, 
Erislandi Lara is scheduled for a 12-round fight with the number six ranked Brian Castano. Across the pond in Peterborough, England, on Sky, Jordan Gill will take on Emmanuel Dominguez in a 12-round featherweight bout. Fight fans, it's time to step out of the square circle. And on the other side, we'll preview UFC 235. What's up, guys? John here, coming at you, representing Tinseltown, La La Land itself. That's right. It's LA Confidential, bringing you the newest Laker podcast, up-to-date game breakdown, up-to-date game analysis, what is scenarios, outlooks for the season, whatever it is. If it's Lakers, I'm bringing it on the MTMV Sports Podcast Network, trying to start your week off right every Monday with LA Confidential. Thank you. Come hang out. UFC 235 takes place in Las Vegas, Nevada and comes to you live on pay-per-view. Former bantamweight champ, 11-2 Cody No Love Garbrandt faces 17-3 Pedro the Young Punisher Munoz at Bantamweight. Garbrandt's on a two-fight losing streak and faces his first losing streak of his career. Both of his losses were to TJ Dillashaw. Outside of losing to his former teammate, Garbrandt's unblemished. The Young Punisher, on the other hand, has won the last two fights that he's had, and he's 4-1 over his last five. Though he stopped Caraway by strikes in his last victory, nine of his wins are by submission. Cody has wrestling, but no love wants to knock you out, so this should be a classic striker versus grapplers matchup. Second card, or I should say second fight of the main card, has 10-3 Tisha the Tiny Tornado Torres, try saying that three times fast, versus 18-1 Wei Li Magnum Zhang at strawweight the tiny tornado is coming in on a two fight losing streak before that her only loss was the current champ thug rose nama Yunus. those other two l's were to former champion yoana yontlechek and currently scheduled title contender as well as former title challenger jessica andrage the book is out on Torres. I mean, it has been written over and over again. She wants to grind out a win. That's how she goes about picking up victories. The only stoppage in her career was a submission of Juliana Lima back in July 2017. Magnum, on the other hand, is a much more well-rounded fighter. At least that's what her record shows. Her only loss was in her debut. Since then, the judges were only needed twice. And she has nine stoppages by strikes and eight submissions. Will Magnum keep her unbeaten streak rolling? Or will Tisha get back on the winning track? The third fight of the pay-per-view oftentimes can be a showcase fight. And that's definitely the case for UFC 235. As 28-12, and 12, former welterweight champion 
ruthless Robbie Lawler tangles with the unbeaten, undefeated 18-0 Funky Ben Askren. And this fight is at Woodley Wade. That's right. I said Woodley Wade. And I'm going to say that for the UFC fights. Yeah, until I don't say it anymore. And it's the Voices Marquee matchup. Why? Because Askren is considered or has been considered the best welterweight outside of the UFC since he left Bellator back in 2013. The undefeated Missouri Tiger has used his funky style of wrestling to dominate every opponent he's faced. It's good to see him get an opportunity to show how dominant he is versus the best in the world. It's also been refreshing to see the dynamic that he and Woodley Weight champions, he would, yeah, have because they were teammates at Mizzou together and fought on the first card that each of them has ever fought on together and have been good friends since they were about 17, 18 years old, respectively. Ben gets away with saying some things to Tyron Kent. If Tyron said some of the stuff that Ben has said, oh, he would get skewered. But Ben's able to say those things, say it for Tyron, and brings out a lot of side of the champ, and that's been so refreshing. Now in the UFC, he faces the former champ in Lawler, who's fighting for the first time in over a year, and in only his third contest, since losing the title to Askren's teammate Woodley well over two years ago. Since then, he's 1-1, one and, one, and his loss was in his last bout, and that was to a skilled grappler in RDA. Ruthless has a masterful, masterful slew of ground technicians that train with him. People like Kamaru Usman, Logan Storley, and Michael Chandler, who, by the way, wrestled with Woodley and Askren at Mizzou. All of these people are in the former champ's camp. Having Usman training to fight on the same card has to give Robbie some confidence going into this fight. Robbie won the title, stopping Hendricks' takedowns. Will he be able to do what has never been done and stop the relentless attack of the funky one? We won't know till the pin drops, the cage door locks, the thumbs go up, and they start the clock. The co-main event is for the welterweight title. As 19-3-1, Tyron, the chosen one, Woodley, looks to defend versus 14-1, Kamaru, the Nigerian nightmare, Usman. I've said repeatedly that I do my best to be unbiased as long as it's not someone from the St. Louis area fighting or Nigerian fighting. This one has both of them. In my heart of hearts, I know who I'm pulling for, but I'm not telling. Not telling. Ah, ha, ha. Not gonna tell you. What I will tell you, though, is that this fight has so much intrigue you have the Minty and Usman versus the master and Woodley Kamaru who has tremendous cardio versus Tyron 
whose gas tank has been questioned in the past. Kamaru has been a nightmare for everyone that's faced him in the UFC, as his only loss came in his second pro fight, and that was nearly six years ago. Early in his career, the nightmare finished his fights by strikes. Much of that, though, was due to his, the level of competition he was facing, because teammates like Rumble, as well as his head coach, Henry Hoof, talk about how bad his striking was when he first started fighting. Now, he's much improved at this moment, but it's not on the level of the champ, Tyron Woodley. T. Wood is one of the most feared, most explosive, fastest strikers in the game. Usman doesn't seem to be scared of that equalizer, and he feels that the champ will surrender his title due to the pressure that he'll apply over five rounds. Tyron went five rounds with Maya trying to take him down the whole time, stopping the vast majority of his shots and doing it with a torn labor. Woodley repeatedly says that he's going to stop the surging Usman, either with strikes or by submission. Tyron called Kamaru scared, and he said that's why he continues to put on for the people trying to be smooth and, and lowering his timber. Sound like LL Cool J champ. I have to admit, watching Usman at the open workout press conference, his voice was a lot different than what he's been using with the media lately. With all the back and forth that's been taking place, this could be the fight of the night or a total domination by either fighter. In the main event, of the evening 23 and 1 John Bones Jones battles 31 and 13 Anthony Lionheart Smith for the light heavyweight title John Jones has had lions on his profile for as long as I can remember his walkout shirt is half a lion's head and half his face now he's facing the Lionheart Anthony Smith coincidence i don't think so the nebraska native smith looks to be the first man to defeat jones and comes in with the confidence to accomplish that since moving up to 205 smith is undefeated and rides that three fight winning streak into this matchup outside of rampage smith is probably the hardest hitter that bones has faced bones has faced ko artists like machida and gus but he seems really, really, really dialed in for this fight. He's been watching Embedded every day and commenting on what Anthony has said in uh, Embedded when they go uh, through to record him again. The champ told MMA fighting that he's watching everything he can get his hands on about Smith and his shows. Lionheart has been coming with the heat too. He said Jones needs to stop worrying about himself and not thinking about what everybody else is saying. Jones has had more time to worry about what others have to say and what others are thinking, as this was a fairly drama-free camp for him. Yeah, that was until the drug test came back, saying that he posted again in back-to-back tests by the Nevada State Athletic Commission on the 13th and the 14th of February. 
his USADA test on the 1st of February and his VADA test on the 2nd of February came back negative. There's still a pending USADA test from the 23rd of the month that results have not been made uh, available yet. Plus, he still got some fight night tests to take. The terms of his agreement with the Nevada State Athletic Commission are that he's going to be tested by all three agencies, Nevada, USADA, as well as VADA, in 2019. And if there's any evidence of newly administered PEDs, it's not going to be good for Bones Jones. Personally, I suspect that we're going to see this pulsing from him for quite some time as I believe the long-term M3 metabolites that are stored in his body or in the fat around his organs. Until those things get burned away, we're going to continue to see it. And generally, the only time that that's really being touched is when he's cutting weight or peaking, as he was during the time frame between the 13th and the 14th. John said that he's prepared for a dogfight, just like his first fight with Gustafson. If that happens between he and Lionheart, oh, this can be an instant classic. I want to give a shout out to the whole prelims for UFC 232 that are going to be on ESPN. I mean, you got Diego Sanchez versus Mickey Gall at welterweight. Alejandro Perez versus Cody Stamen at Bantamweight. Misha Serkinov versus Johnny Walker at light heavyweight. And my favorite fight outside of the main card is Zabit Megaman Sharapov versus Jeremy Little Heathen Stevens at featherweight. Oh, my goodness. I got to meet Stevens last year when he headlined UFC STL and seemed like a real nice guy. Watching him, looking at his pant leg being rolled up where his opponent had kicked him in the leg. He didn't kick him many times, but he kicked him hard enough that he couldn't walk around with his pants down. Had to have it rolled up to give his leg some relief. And it really showed me everything that these fighters go through to make a living, to do what they love, and to entertain us. Stevens did suffer a setback in his next fight and had him in really examining and digging deep to find out why he was failing in his biggest moments. Entering UFC 30 on Fox, Lil Heathen was on a three-fight winning streak and could have moved into title contention with a victory over the former champion. Stevens said on Ariel Helwani's MMA show, after the fight, I was looking at my kids who are nine and seven, and that's when my parents split up when I was eight years old. I was ready to leave my wife, leave my kids, and just leave it all, end quote. So this man was having suicidal thoughts. He was ready not only to just pack up and leave and walk out on his family, he was ready to walk out on life. It's so important for us to see how vital this competition is to these fighters. He's coming back, though. 
to fight. He said he's found his purpose, and his purpose is providing inspiration to others. And he's been using some of the techniques that he's learned uh, while he's been out to help others as well as help himself. So I'm glad to see that because he is jumping right back into deep water or what people perceive to be deep water with the beast. <sighs> Mega Man Sheriff seems to have his skills intact in every aspect of the game, whether it be standing on the ground, in the clinch, uh, jujitsu. I mean, the man's got it all. And he has a fan-friendly style to boot. There is a lot riding on this fight for both combatants. May the best man win. That does it for UFC 235. Up next, the official results. Mike check one, two, one, two. It's your man, J. Kills, representing my team, my voice, and I'm the host of the number one sports show on the planet, Star Talk, where we talk everything about your team, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, every Saturday night right here on Anchor, my team, my voice. Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Loso, man, and y'all listen to the number one sports podcast out, MTMV Sports. Y'all see it. Fight fans, this has been the 80th episode of the MTMV main card. That's right, the diamond episode. If the Lord says the same, I'll be back at it again next week. Both Cage Warriors and Cage Fury Fighting Championship are on Fight Pass this weekend. So if you don't have the way or the means to see UFC 235, you can still catch some action. There's also a press conference before the weigh-ins of UFC 235 with the main and co-main event participants of UFC 236 on Friday, March 1st at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 Central, and 3 p.m. Pacific Time. You can catch that on Fight Pass or on YouTube. Do me a favor, Fight Fans. Tell a friend about MTMV Sports. Subscribe to us and review us on your favorite audio platforms. We're out on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio. I mean, you name it. If it's where you want to listen to podcasts, we're there. I also want to listen to and hear from you. I want to feature you on the MTMV main card. There are two ways that you can do that. You can leave a message via Anchor.fm. Or you can call the MTMV Sports sideline and leave your hot take. Doing so will enter you in a drawing for tickets to the McDonald versus Fitch title fight at the SAP Center. That number is 470-228-MTMV. Again, 470-228-MTMV. On that car, you have undefeated Bellator fighter and a person that I'm uh, beginning to call friend and glad to do that. Cass Bell, who will be looking to go to 3-0. You can check out my interview with him on Round 2 with The Voice, which is available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Sports fans rejoice. My team, 
my voice. Until next time, it's your man, The Voice, host of the MTMV main card, and I'm sounding off. Thank you.